I love it. Is, is it like I'm in the room with you? Kinda. Yeah. A little okay. bit. Kinda. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. I hear you really well too. Okay. Well, that's good. Welcome to Catching Up with Aaron, a podcast where I talk to people I know and, well, catch up with them. I'm really excited about my guest on this episode. This is a friend of mine. We go back literally 27 years, almost 30 years, to when I first moved to Georgia in 1993, my junior year of high school. My guest is my very good friend, Lino Rodriguez Jr., I believe it's the junior. (laughs) How are you doing, Lino? I'm doing well. We can dispense with the, uh, with With the the formalities of junior, but, uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing well. That's good. And, uh, you know, we were chatting before we went on to the recording (laughs) about, uh, life in the pandemic. I, I suggested that some of the more familiar phrases in these past couple months have been the new normal and, um, you know, the uncertain times that we live in, but you offered uh, such a simple, but very familiar term that I think we're overlooking. And tell tell me again what that was. Well, I think it's just something that we are, you know, I spend, we'll get to this. I spend a lot of my day talking to people and I've noticed that it's kind of the, the go-to saying is, hey, with, I'm doing well, you know, with everything going on. Exactly. Oh, I love with everything going on right now. That's I think that's a a highly overlooked phrase. It is a perfect shorthand for right now. Absolutely. And then, so with everything going on, you and your family have been. uh, I know you and your family have been safe and healthy and washing your hands and staying socially distant. I imagine we have. We um, uh, you know, I've kind of, and we'll get into you know what my, uh, I guess what I do and stuff like yeah, that. But, yeah. but basically, um, you know, I have a job where I see a lot of people, uh-huh. uh, but we have not, uh, you know, I've closed my office to walk-ins to face-to-face appointments uh-huh. about, uh, you know, right when this hit in, in March and my, I have a, I have one, I have a son who uh-huh. is 11 and, uh, my wife. We'll talk and, about him too. Yeah. Yeah. We've just kind of been sitting around and, you know, doing what we need to do, but yes, we have, we have. That's good. So while, since we did touch on it, I, I, I do want people to know exactly what it is that you do, uh, because you do really important and really uh, satisfying and fulfilling work. Tell us what, uh, what it is that you do for a living and uh, how you help people. So my job, um, I am an immigration lawyer in, uh, in Atlanta, um, well, north of Atlanta in uh, Suwannee, and I live in Duluth, Georgia, but I'm an immigration lawyer. Uh, I've been practicing since 2006. Um, my trajectory goes from nonprofit to then to a uh, big firm. And then I opened my firm. It's small um, in 2011. That's what I do. I'm an immigration lawyer and I absolutely love it. The, you do what I would refer to as God's work. Like, well, like <laughs> you, 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 I mean, you truly have to have a passion, uh, a deep rooted passion for helping people. Like who are in really, really dire need. I am lucky to have a job that I really like. I am lucky to have a job that I can use, you know, my day in and day out to help people. Let's not get it twisted. I mean, people, I mean, I am right now. I mean, I I have my business. People do pay me. Um, Sure. It is my job, but I am very lucky to, you know, be able to, someone walks in the door and I want to take a pro bono case or I want to, you know, cut someone's fees because uh, it's just, they're in need. And I am very lucky, you know, not, not, not only that it's the profession that I'm in, but that it's, you know, I've been able to, you know, have my own firm so I can make those decisions. So yes, I'm very happy. And I, I do think we do good work and, and it's a, and, you know, it's something I'm very passionate about, extremely passionate about. I'm passionate and proud about a lot too. of things. But and, yes. and I'm sure you're proud of the work you do, too. Oh, yeah. Very much yeah. so. I'm very, very proud of it. Um, Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm an immigrant myself. And, well, yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Yep. Right. 
Well, um, th- and, and I'm glad you're do- that there are people like you out there doing that important work uh, that's so needed uh, in our communities. So thank you for doing that work for, for our communities. Thanks. I do wanted to get into some get to know you stuff because yeah, you know, some, some of the stuff I already know, but I think you're a really interesting guy and I want my <laughs> people to, to know who you are. So I'm just going to okay. go through some of these here and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, let's do it. So when someone asks me where I grew up, it's it's a little bit of a complicated not it's not complicated it's it's multi-layered for me because I explained that I moved from Michigan to Georgia when I was 16 so I kind of grew up in two different places my childhood was in Michigan and then I came of age so to speak in Georgia here tell me where you grow up and what was special about uh the area or areas you grew up in so my story is uh I am Cuban I came from Cuba when I was my parents brought me from Cuba uh-huh. When I was three years old, uh, the immigration process from Cuba is a lot easier than other countries. Um, so I didn't have a, a tough go at that, although my family did before me uh, came from Cuba and we moved. Um, we've always lived in about, I would say, 20 to 30 miles uh, at the most, 30 miles outside the city of Atlanta. But I grew up about 10 minutes from the city of Atlanta um, well, 15 minutes, but my grandparents lived, um, you know, right in the, in the, right outside of Atlanta and Lindbergh or any of those that are, that are locals, but, um, you know, in, in that area. Um, so I grew up there. I grew up, uh, around, it's funny because up until it, initially it was not a super diverse area. My parents were very, um, were caught off guard. Well, her, their family was when, when they were, when they told the family they were going to move to Norcross, like I said, about 20 minutes from Atlanta. Um, uh-huh. Now it's, now it's longer. I mean, traffic is insane. Sure, Back sure. then, that's what it used to be. They were, people said, oh my gosh, uh, you're, you're leaving. That's, you're, you're going to be really far outside of the city. And now that's like prime real estate. It's not far at all. But we, uh, we moved there and actually it was not super diverse. I grew up in a neighborhood that was mostly white i'm a white cuban but Uh mostly white like uh americans not a lot of like no spanish speakers in my neighborhood right um but by the time and you can vouch for this but by the time that's a seventh grade thing started to change and our high school was one of the most diverse high schools not in the state in the country which i that area just changed a lot I, so that, uh, you know, it's funny, I go back and speak to the, my elementary school on fifth grade career day. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah, I do it pretty often, like every, every year. I didn't do it this year with everything going on. Sure. But, with uh, going on. <laughs> but we ended up, uh, I went, man, and um, I asked the kids, I start off with asking the kids, how many of you speak another language? And they all raise their hand. I, like, not even, I'm not even exaggerating when I say 99% raise your hand. So then I wow. say to them, you know, when I was here, me and one other kid spoke Spanish. There were not a lot. And they're just like, wait, what? They, the jaw, jaws like, on the floor kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But by the time we got to high school, that changed a lot. And I am extremely, I think we are extremely lucky to have gone to the high school we went to. Um, the diverse nature of that high school and just the fact, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. around just so many different types of individuals. Um, it was just amazing. And, and it was, you know, right. Well, it's I mean, fu- it, and it's funny. It's one of those things where while we were there and I don't, I don't know if this was the same for you, but we were, we're talking about Meadow Creek high school in Norcross, Georgia, which has been in the news recently and for yes. very, very positive things. Yes. Michelle Obama picked uh, yes. Meadow Creek high school for what is some nationwide prom thing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's absolutely incredible. When I saw but, on wait, when I, real quick, when I saw on Facebook, I said, "Oh, you know, she picked the Georgia school." Honestly, at first, I didn't even click on it because I was like, "Oh, yeah. wh- whatever." And then someone shared it and said, "Hey, oh my my alma mater," and I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Anyway, it was it's, it was amazing, and you know, <laughs> while we were there, we may not have realized or appreciated just how special of a place it was. But and what what kicked it in for me was um, five years ago when we had our 20 year high school reunion that the morning of the reunion, a handful of us got to tour the school uh, and walk around. And, and 
I mean, it's it's almost it's almost completely unrecognizable now. It's mm-hmm. still the same property, but they've built it out and expanded it. There are multiple schools within the school now, yep. uh, including a, a world class culinary program. We got to meet some of the recent graduates and current students of the school. And you know this, and and, and some people listening might know this too. But there were uh, people, and there are still people, unfortunately, who refer to it as Ghetto Creek, right? Which is right. which is unfortunate. But I tell you yeah. what, there is zero ghetto about yeah, Meadow Creek High School now. It's uh, it is amazing, a world-class place. Yeah, it's an amazing school. And, um, you know, I actually was on the uh, the outreach board. Um, I'm still on it. And we uh, – it, it was just – it's still – I mean, they, they won a, you know, basketball championship. They won a – not only that, but they won a science uh, – state science championship. So the school is – it's great. But like you said, when we were there and we noticed, you know, the, I don't think, you know, we were as ta- we definitely were not taken aback by the diversity. We were just like, this is just our our exactly our normal, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. And to, to, to be a product of that is something to definitely hang, uh, lift our heads up about. Oh, yeah, um, I agree. You know, I mean, and, you know, there are probably people still out there who who. Say, oh yeah, I went to Meadow Creek, but you know what? Oh, I say I went to Meadow Creek. I, I know, graduated I'm very, Meadow Creek High School. I'm very proud of it. I, I get, I'm Absolutely. actually extremely proud of it. Well, um, that's great, and uh, thank you for sharing that. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to touch on that stuff too, because that that's yeah. really important for people to to know where you came from and to appreciate that. You may not do, you may not appreciate it in the moment, but it's amazing what time can do. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we know, obviously, you're an immigration lawyer now. That's one. That's your current job. But I know a job you used to have way back in the day. Uh, uh, yeah. you, you, you used to work at what I would refer to now as a record store, although I don't oh. think they sold records at that time. Um, look, look, was my, it were you at Blockbuster Music or was it Turtles? I was then? at I, no, it was Blockbuster and then Warehouse. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, so so you're a music guy. Oh my gosh. I was, Oh no, no. I mean, look, I tell you that my, I love my job and I'm passionate about immigration law and I am, but my goodness, am I like fond of my days at the music store? This is my real life job, but I got to tell you that was, Oh, I love it. I'll never forget. You came in. I mean, that's kind of when we had connected again because Facebook was not a thing. And I remember you would come in and um, I think you and your wife were just dating. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, it, I remember we reconnected and got to talk mm-hmm. music. Yeah, that's my passion. That's my other yeah. passion. I love it. So, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> having, having music as a, as a part of your life, and obviously it still is because it never, you know, music never leaves our lives. No. I want to know, is there a, um, a song or maybe an entire album, and you don't have to do it right now, but is there no. a song or maybe an entire album that uh, you could recite word for word or sing word for word, whether it's karaoke night or mm-hmm. in your car or in the shower. What What's that song or record for you? Funny you say this. I literally had this conversation um, two days ago with a friend of mine. Um, oh, nice. And I'm not, I, I'm not good at singing the song. Like, not that I'm not a good, I'm obviously not a good singer. Um, well, <laughs> not, not obviously, for people listening, just know I'm not a good singer. Just we'll take um, your word for it. <laughs> but um, so I'm not good at like just picking up the like lyrics to a song from the air. But if I'm following the album, I will tell you, man, I think I can go like I don't. I know the album Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest, like front to back. Like nice. that album is just Oh my God. It was amazing. It's it's amazing. And I've never been a record guy. Not that I wasn't. I just never got, for me, it was just like CDs and stuff. So, you know, my parents did have Thriller. Everybody that, had Thriller. Of course. They had Thriller. I, you know, <laughs> they got me like Quiet Riot. Um, I remember that. So they had a couple of albums. You're, you're kind of all over the place in terms of tastes and styles and yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's funny. It's, it is very cliche to say, I like all kinds of music. Like people say that, but I genuinely, I mean, I'm not listening to death metal and stuff right. like that. But uh, but there, but when it comes to all types of music, I really, as a matter of fact, like my Spotify like playlist, you know, it, it, I have a country music one, I have a hair music one, 
I'm an 80s one, rock. Um, You're well-rounded. Yeah, man. I mean, my heart is really in, like, I absolutely love hip-hop music, but um, I just love, love music. Like, I went to see Garth Brooks last time he played here in Atlanta. You know, I just... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was was fantastic. So, like, you have the same thing I do, where it's it's like you have at least some level of appreciation for pretty much any type of music. Yes, yes. I even went through my, like, snobby... Oh, I like, and I still do. So, but I mean, I went through my whole like snobby, like in college, like, oh, I um, got into like jazz, like Mingus yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, the cl- Clown, which I still think is a wonderful album and I'll play it uh, in the background, but right. I didn't grow like I, you know, or listening to Coltrane and stuff, but I'm glad I had that snobby period, although I couldn't speak intelligently about how the music was made, but I know how I appreciated it. Right. Um, and yeah, and so. honestly, that's all you need sometimes, I think, is just if you appreciate it and you like it, there, you don't have to answer to anybody. Right. You know? And I've learned that. You, over you the like years, what you right? like. And, yeah. and now, like pop music. I, I mean, you, look, my son, you know, we'll, I guess we'll get to meet family, but he loves pop music. And I'm not there to, like, tell him, oh, this isn't good, this isn't bad. I want his, I want his music taste to come out organically and I like to expose him to good music that won't mm-hmm. what I think is good music, but maybe not to him. As a matter of fact, um, the clean versions, the songs that he can't listen to, I played Rage Against the Machine the other day for him. And, yeah. um, you know, stuff that's appropriate. You know, he was taken aback and he was like, wait a minute, what is this? Like what he said to me, he goes, this sounds, it doesn't really sound like rock. He's like, that sounds weird. And I was like, yes, Tonio. It, I said, I was actually... I said on yeah. the on the cover of the uh, old Rage album, it said like, you know, all in all, you know, sounds made by, you know, instruments, live instruments, and he mm-hmm. was like, oh my gosh! I mean, Tom Morello totally blew his mind. Yeah. So because yeah. he awesome. blew our minds too, you know, he blew our that. mind, and it was really cool. But but you know what, man? You play me some Ed Sheeran, <laughs> play me some Sean Mendes. I think Sean Mendes is phenomenal. Charlie Puth. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big pop. You know, I've, I've, I appreciate pop music now that I'm you know, older a lot more than I did yeah. when I was younger. Because when I was younger, it was like, oh man, I'm going to listen to like Coheed and Cambria, or I'm going to listen to like, <laughs> you know, which I like Coheed and Cambria too. But like, I'm going to yeah, listen yeah. to like underground rap, you know. But you kind of like yeah. evolve, right? Yeah. Well, and and you have and you touched on something that is dead on the exact same theory I have, and that's the idea of letting your children discover music on their own. And you use the word I absolutely use myself and that's organically. And for, and for me, it comes from my own experience. Like I wasn't, I mean, I was exposed to certain kinds of music just because it was around. Like my mm-hmm. mom was very much into folk rock and uh, light country and uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, like your Simon and Garfunkel and John Denver and, uh, Kenny Rogers, like that was that was, those were her jams. But then my sisters, who were teenagers in the '80s, they were very much into new wave. Like uh, yeah. they liked the Police and U2 and the Cult and yes. the Smiths. All of that stuff is was highly influential on me. But then I also discovered things on my own. Like I became a big Monkees fan, and uh, I found Harry Connick Jr. on my well, kind of on my own, but you know through exposure through friends. Uh, well, it's and I, a little I, bit I want of my exposure. children to do the same thing. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Like. However you find it, whether you're listening to the radio or, you know, my kids don't listen to much radio, but they're all over streaming services. But right. Um, right my son's and right. I think I, I think you're doing, you know, not that you need this validation or anything, but I think you're doing it the right way. And I think we are doing it the right way. Yeah. And that doesn't music. mean that we don't like introduce him to stuff that we like. Like, I still oh, sure. do that. Like, like I said, I let him listen to Rage. He loves Queen. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, I'll play him stuff like. You know, he's got Footloose on there, uh, yeah. Kenny Loggins. I mean, he's got uh, just pretty cool stuff. So yeah. uh, organic, so, like, organic. And there's, and there's nothing wrong, like you said, with introducing kids to music. Like my kids know, they know a Beatles song when it comes on. Oh, of course. He does they, too, yeah. You know, they used to, they used to be able to name the guys in the band and I'd be able to identify them in pictures and, and, but you know, they, they know that it's a Beatles song, but they don't know the name of the song or, you know, right. what record it was on or whatever, but at least they know it. And I think that's right. important. Okay. Some other things I'm curious about, and 
I, I'm I sorry for the long you, answers. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. A question I asked in a previous episode, which you may have heard, I asked um, a, a past guest, I wish that I had more knowledge of things like auto repair, like mm-hmm. to be able to identify what a problem is and what needs to happen to fix it rather than take it to a place and just trust that the person there is giving me the, the right and fair answer. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's something I wish I had a topic. I wish I had more knowledge of what is that thing for you? Like what's, what's something you wish you had more knowledge of or a skill you wish you had, or maybe okay. that you're working on mastering. Well, I'm not working on anything. Um, okay. Well, that's- but, uh, <laughs> but, um, I like, um, you know, to, to be, to be a hundred percent honest, I did, uh, I've listened to, you know, your conversations in the past and, um, his, that gentleman's answer, I think it was home repair and I, or no, I don't, right. it wasn't home no, repair. It was. that, it was, that was yeah. a great answer. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to have a different one myself, but that was a phenomenal answer. I thought that, that oh, yeah. I wish I knew that my wife is super handy. You know, I'm there to help her, but, uh-huh. um, so one of us is handy. I wish that I could, um, this goes back to the music thing. I mean, I'm telling you, that's my passion. I wish, I wish that I could play an instrument really well. Oh, that's a good one. And I think it would be the bass guitar. The bass is just such a, to me, a really cool instrument. I know nothing about playing. You know what? I'll tell you a funny immigrant story. My dad, who he can't believe he thought this when he got here. But um, when he came from Cuba, he was kind of like a macho guy. And he did not have us play any instruments because he thought that was like, oh, more girls do that. Which is the dumbest oh, okay. thing ever. And he'll say right, that right. too, by the way. And it's, it's a super embarrassing thing for him to say now. Because he's like, I can't believe that. You know, that would have been so cool. Um, but he owns it, though. But, he owns that he said Oh, he that. totally owns Look, man, if we don't grow and learn, then what, what, that, what's life? And he totally exactly. owns it. Um, and it's funny because he is obsessed with music. So it's such a, it's such a dumb thing to say. Yeah. But he never got us yeah. into that. I will say too, like, you know, economically, I don't think they could really like pay for classes anyway. We, I grew up with a in a family of four boys, but uh, yeah. So I never learned to play an instrument. I wish I had a skill playing an instrument. Right, and that would be bass guitar. I think. Well, they say it's never too late to to do something like that. Like maybe that could be uh like like the starting this podcast was my New Year's resolution this year. Maybe that could be yours for next year. Well, that's really cool. I mean. Uh, well, we do have a really nice, like my son is taking piano lessons now. And so we bought my son a piano and we have it in like the living room. Sure. So it's not, not a grand piano or anything like that. But um, I've thought of to like, I thought, well, you know, it's there. I should sit in some of his lessons and kind of, or like just try to learn myself. Um, so we'll see. Maybe it will be a New Year's resolution. To and do you something. never know, man. You just never yeah, know. Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing one thing I'm always interested in is um, mysteries, and, and one specific one uh, it stays at, you know, always at least in the back of my mind. You remember that Malaysian airplane that that disappeared yeah. a few years back? Yes, yes. Like, where did it go? Why haven't we able to, been able to find it? It seems like this is solvable, but so far there's just nothing. So what, what is that? What's that mystery to you? What, what's something that you need answers to that nobody can seem to provide? We just saw an episode of, um, unearthed, um, like some national geographic thing where they drained the, um, Bermuda triangle. Oh Uh, yeah. It was like so cool. And I was like, what, like, how can they not find like they're, they've been looking for this like sunken ship there forever and yeah. granted i know the the vastness of everything but they have a they can kind of pinpoint where this thing went down and it's just amazing because they can't find this right and i'm like how 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 is that not solvable so maybe i do have one because this has been on my mind the last couple of weeks i'm like this is insane that they can't find it but like you said about the airplane thing are you kidding me like why yeah where like, did it all go yeah, you know, like I know yeah. a piece of a piece of like the the wing or something washed up on a shore somewhere uh, a year and a half or something later, but that's it. There's yeah, nothing dude, else. I think I think it's really hard to like. I think I think kind of the the ocean 
look, this is not a super deep, uh, no pun intended, thing to say, but <laughs> I think that the vastness of the ocean uh, really like keeps these mysteries alive. And we just take that for granted. And I wonder if it's one of those things where if they find that plane, either the what the Malaysian plane or, or any number of the missing planes in the Bermuda Triangle, if they find it, will we even be satisfied? Right. Like, right. May, maybe, maybe we won't. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's the one that's really been on my mind. The, the, yeah. uh, the Bermuda Triangle one. Like, okay. why can't they well, find totally that ship? Okay. I know, like, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. All right. So we mentioned um, uh, about, you know, that we're parents and, you know, we talked offline about being Gen X and, and, and stuff like that. Um, at the risk of outing yourself as an old fogey. And again, we're the same age, so you'd be doing it to yeah. me too. What's something you like to do or that you wish was still done uh, the, what, the quote unquote old fashioned way? Like what's something you do ah. that you still do it kind of an old school approach or, or something that you wish was still given an old school. Approach. Oh, this is, e this is kind of easy for me um, because it's a, uh, and it goes back to music. It goes back mm -hmm. to music. I hate to keep going back in that well, but it's something that I, I do miss a lot. Um, Mixtapes. Oh, absolutely, dude. And absolutely. I'm totally outing myself, but man, just sitting there and picking the right songs and knowing that you had, and I'm talking mixtapes. Again, I sound like get off yeah. my lawn, super old, but mixtapes. <laughs> there is no better way. And then you did CDs later, but like the fact that you only had the 120 minutes. And then if you had those 120 minutes, like this, the quality of that tape wouldn't be as good as like a, and you would know more about this than me, but let's say like a 90 minute one or whatever. But to choose, like, what, am I going to do a 90-minute? Am I going to do a 20-minute? Am I even going to do, like, a 60-minute mixtape? That is an, that's an art, man, and a mixtape It's, a, it's a lost art. Oh, my gosh. And a mixtape, well, like, the, to give to a other, friend? Yeah, exactly. Or a potential girlfriend. Of course. A you potential girlfriend. That's like, what I was, I mean. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the art of using somebody else's expression to express yourself. Yeah, put, putting the right combinations of songs together in just the right order to tell this person, hey, this is how I feel or this is, yeah. you know, represents me or this it represents what I want us to be. Yes. And and also there, there's a very subtle art to this. Uh, it's being able to you talked about the length of the tape, uh, being able to fill that tape almost to its absolute capacity and not have much, if any dead space at the end of the, each side. You had to have no, I was, I am super like anal about that. And I was so yeah. anal about that. I didn't want any dead space. You know, if, if it couldn't be this song that I wanted, I'd have to find another one. Absolutely. Um, I had uh, hundreds of tapes, thousands of CDs. When I, when I was creating the tape, the mixtapes, like, Oh my gosh. And, oh, and then you, you know, you'd record them. Was They had the recording on high speed, right? Like yeah. You if you were going from speed. tape yeah. to tape, you could go high speed though. Yeah. yeah. You could go high speed. And that was like awesome. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily need to do that because I was super happy to like, just listen to what I was putting down. And yeah, like, I think, you know, that's something that I really, really miss. And I think about yeah. pretty often and as a matter of fact, I'm sitting here in my office and I'm looking at a 90 minute mixtape uh, from like my grandfather's, like when my grandfather passed away, my uncle made him a mixtape, you know, and it's got like Pink Floyd's time. And I'm actually looking at it right now. That's Living awesome. Years by Mike and the Mechanics, a bunch of Cuban songs. That's what our yeah. uh, Joni Mitchell circle game, obviously Cats in the Cradle. Although sure. that doesn't really apply to my granddad because he was a great guy. But um, mixtapes, man, I'm looking at like a couple yeah. right here that I have not gotten rid of. And this one I'll obviously will never get rid of. No, no, you, you keep yeah. that. Even, even if you don't, you're not able to play it anymore at some point. 
That's right. Uh, just to have it. Like I have, I have records that are like that. Like my mom passed away when I was 10, she was 39. Uh, and I still have a good number of her records that she bought while they're in terrible shape. I'll never get rid of them mainly because some of them actually have her handwriting on the jacket. That's amazing. And, and beautiful. And, what, and, and it, all it says is like side one, number two, or side two, number three. Like she wrote on the jacket what her favorite songs were on that record. Uh, That's and really again, cool. I'll, I'll never play them because they're in bad shape and they'll just tear up my stylus on my, on my turntable. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tangible thing. And you don't get that with an MP3. You don't get that with a Spotify playlist. Now, I love me some Spotify. I'm me too. I'm some Spotify. But there, there's not that tangible thing. Like, I, you would spend three hours putting together a two-hour mixtape for somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, three hours. Invested. I mean, you might spend more time than that. Like, it, you could say, well, this is my afternoon, and oh, I'm yeah. just going to do this. And, and yeah. then and – and, and, you know, I had a buddy of mine who uh, made mixtapes for his friends, and, um, and it was just like, oh, you know, every two months he'd make us a cool mixtape, and – it was like a bunch of like hip hop that only he knew about. And um, yeah. I still like those, those are still kind of legendary amongst like our friends, but yeah, there is something to be said about that. And I love Spotify. I love having music at my fingertips whenever I want to listen to it, but I will tell you, I have to force myself to listen and, and you may not have this problem, but I have to force myself to listen to whole albums for a lot of artists, some artists I'm going to listen to the whole album. Like, as a matter of fact, I just listened. I've been like on repeat. I've been listening to the new Fiona Apple, which I don't know if you've heard this, but I can't believe she has made her like the record of 2020. It's amazing. It's well, amazing. It's, and I think what you're touching on is something that I read um, a couple of years ago. You know, you know, Questlove from The Roots. Of course. Uh, Questlove said something about how we live less in an album culture and more so in a shuffle culture. Uh, meaning that, you know, you put your Spotify playlist together and I, and I do this too. I do. I absolutely do it too. I have my lists and I just shuffle them. So mm-hmm. you kind of get the best of everything. Now I think I, and, and you, you said you, you struggle with it, but I, I don't struggle with it as much in terms of like whole albums. Cause I, you know, I, I collect vinyl and I listen to my vinyl records. And uh, so I can listen to an album start to finish. I don't do it as much though. I think I'm 90% shuffle and 10% well, that's start the thing. to finish. That's the thing. I'm not telling you I don't like I do yeah. like I listen to like, I mean, the killer Samstown is I still one of my favorite albums. I will listen to that all the time. Like the new um, you know, talk about like different types of music, the new run the jewels album. I listen to that, you know, front to back over and over. I've worn out my computer um, but you know, I mean, I, I told if you would have seen me do air quotes, but, um, you know, it's one of these things that, so I do listen to some albums, but I think I'm about a 90, I'm about a 90, 10 guy too. Like you, man. Yeah. And there's and nothing so wrong with it. Yeah. Well, I don't, it, I don't, think, not, well, I don't know if it's sad, but there's it, nothing wrong with it. I, I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, but I tell you, when you talk about this whole question started with about nostalgia yeah. for me, it's kind of sad. I can remember that's the one little thing. I don't try to live in the past too much in the sense of like, oh, I wish things were better. You know, things were better when we had to like, I don't know, when we had, I, I don't know, whatever. But I think I, 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 it, it seems like the generation before ours uh, was, is, is, was and is still more like that than so more so than we are. You see people post pictures on Facebook of like, I miss rotary phones and I miss when my right, phone number only had, right. only had five digits. And yeah. okay, well, I, I don't, I don't miss having to punch somebody's phone number in and, and be tethered to a cord on a wall. Like, no. I don't miss that. I don't miss that I don't at miss, all. No, I don't miss having to like wait. It's cool and it's nostalgic in a way, but I don't miss having to wait for a song on the radio uh, to record it. Right. I, it's I'm I'm telling you nostalgically it's cool like I mean but it's also super cool that you know my son and I he's like oh I like this song and I can like find it for him now maybe it takes away the specialness of it that might I don't know I like the convenience of it I will say. well and and maybe our children will have 
that same kind of thing that they can look back on and say, gosh, you remember when we used to have this and, and, right. and now we don't have it. And, and now we have this new thing. Like every generation is going to have that. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. getting around that. Well, um, that kind of, it kind of segues into something else I'm curious about. I asked, we, we talked about uh, my buddy, Tommy, who was on a previous episode and I know you listened to his and I asked him the same question. I'm curious about it for you. For me, I don't understand uh, the obsession with um, royalty, like British royalty, uh, why <laughs> Americans are so obsessed with it, and especially royal weddings more specifically. Like, yeah, it's neat that Prince Harry and Meghan got married, and uh, I made a joke years ago about when William and Kate got married that I was going to go DJ their wedding. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I know this. I remember. Yeah, so that's my thing. Like, so what's something that either people you know or just the culture in general – American culture or, or just, you know, world culture yeah. in general that see, people seem to be obsessed with. You just can't seem to get on board with it. Like, I just don't get it. What is what is that thing for you? You're going to kill me, but I'm going back to the music. Well, is that OK? Can we just have a theme? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, please do. Can we just have a theme? Let's do here? it. <laughs> uh, the people are going to be so offended. I know this. Bob Dylan. I, you know what? I'm not. Yeah, I can get on board with that. <laughs> Uh, and I, I don't, and I know, like, and I have friends who like obsess with him. Oh, I'll, I'll do you one better, and I'll do okay. you the one that, like, uh, and, and we're gonna, I've had we're a lot of pushback. This a little bit too. Uh, good, good. Um, Radiohead. I know yeah. that's a really, really, really hard one. I understand. I understand yeah. that they're really good. Okay. I understand that. Let's let's unpack these one at a time. Let me ask you about Bob Dylan first. I think this is a generational thing, right? Well, that's why I went to Radiohead because I thought that we might have a more like that you might be like, oh my god, are you crazy? Which is okay. No, no, but, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I'm not like that at all. Like, I think with Bob Dylan, I think it's generational. For me, he his words don't speak to our generation. You got to so be careful, the... dude. People might kill us for this. Oh. No, no, no. They, <laughs> I, I don't know that they'll agree, but I think they'll largely understand because uh, like Bob Dylan doesn't speak to our generation like like a Kurt Cobain or a Chris Cornell or an Eddie Vedder. Right. Okay. And honestly, and this is what I'll get beat up over. I don't I, I can't I, I'm not a big fan of his singing voice. Like, I don't think he's that well kind of singer. That's know? what I can't kind of um, get past. My right. favorite, his song, um, Subterranean Homesick Blues is right. a it is a mass it is masterfully written and i know a right. lot of his songs are i know and it is a i mean really like that's a rap song um sure oh i do appreciate it but i'm just not i don't know he's never like spoken to me but i think i do think he speaks to a lot of people sure um, it's just like not our parents for, yeah, yeah 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 i mean he speaks to a lot of people and that and it's like it's like I said, it's a generational thing. He doesn't speak to our generation. He, when he was writing and putting out music, there was you know it was the beginning of the civil rights movement. It, we're talking about the you know the throes of the Vietnam War. Uh, that's not what's. I mean, obviously, civil rights is a, is a big thing right now, mm-hmm. just in a different a, a different scope. And and there's obviously wars going on. We, that's not our generation. Like that's our parents' generation. So yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with with, with that. Now, in terms of Radiohead, uh, you're you're definitely not alone. You're not on an island with this. I don't I don't dislike Radiohead, and like you, I appreciate the contributions they've made to music, and the critics do. But that that's a band that has a lot of critical success, but not a lot of commercial success. Right. Uh, do right. You, I, I, do you agree? Uh, do you think that's yeah. do you think that's what it is for you? Um, yes, and I like, I will say, I think Kid A, we used to listen to Kid A a lot at the music store that I worked at, and I do have, like, affinity towards Kid A, but I'm more, but I think Kid A is almost, it's a pretty accessible, like, mainstream accessible album. Yeah. Um, For me, and that's kind of what I liked about them, not that I'm, like, super into like 
you know, I, I appreciate things that aren't like quote unquote mainstream, but I think that Kid A was for me the most accessible accessible album from them for me. And then okay, right. computer, it just okay, yeah. computer. Although, like, I mean. Because OK Computer came out first and then mm-hmm. Kid A, which is funny because I don't know. I thought Kid A was pretty, like, accessible to me. Right. Um, uh, and I don't know. I like that album maybe because I just, like, got it pounded into my head. But other than that, like, I mean, I'm, I don't love Tom York's, like, uh, <laughs> voice, although they have a song. Yeah. Um, that it's one of my favorite songs of all time. So that's kind of funny. It's called uh, the song Where You End and I Begin or mm-hmm. where, yeah. And that's, uh, that song like is beautiful and it's probably right. one of my favorite songs, but it's just not my thing. Just like with, for example, nowadays, like Boney Bear, like I'm not a big Boney Bear fan. I kind of right. put them in the same, like, I don't know. Kind of, art, not... art, kind of art, artsy fartsy, you know, Yes, and I like Artsy yeah. Fartsy, but not too. I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah, not, like no, making I know a great argument. No, I know what you're it, saying. It, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's just not for me. <laughs> that said, right. my brother-in-law is one of the biggest Radiohead fans in the world. Right. And um, he is. Uh, yeah, we have these guy. discussions, and he's he loves them and i respect him i respect yeah. him oh you know what i think actually the album that i love is uh, or that i really really like <laughs> might be going way back i think i like the bends i, I think i like yeah that's that was i think that was their second record and and yeah. that had a little more a little less commercial success than their breakout because uh, okay. the breakout album was uh pablo honey okay. uh, and that had creep on it which right. was i hate what, that number song one. i hate that yeah. song well radiohead hates that song I oh, good. <laughs> Maybe I need to revisit it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. this, this, I think, well, it's perfectly okay and natural to have a, a song you like from a band you don't like. Like, everybody's got that, yeah. that one. And on the flip side of that, even your favorite artists or bands can have songs that you hate or dislike strongly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always that like... That's a whole yeah. different podcast. Oh, geez. Like, yes. Talk yes, about yes. That. That's a good, that's a good topic. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Well, um, to, to, I'm curious about a couple more things. Um, yeah. We talked about Tonio, um, your son, who I'm sure, you know, obviously you're super proud of. What are some of the best parts about being a dad? Like, what do you love most about being uh, a dad? That's a good question. Um, I, you know, my son's 11 years old. Uh, my wife, um, we've been married since 06. Um, he's an only child. It's one of these things where, uh, being a dad, like the fact that I have, and cliche to say, but seeing them grow up is amazing in their different stages right now. Like for me, and let's, I mean, go back to this, like pop culture. And it sounds like a whole, it sounds like a very trivial thing, but to me, pop culture and like movies and music have never been trivial. There's been something that really like connects. For example, like, you know, listening to Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet made me, you know, socially conscious. I listened to Iron Maiden, like this is, I'm telling you, my, my tastes are very, well, and Iron Maiden make me made me get into like sci-fi and that kind of right. stuff. So right. uh, they have formed me. The point of all that is to say, sharing those things with my son without like grinding it into his head. But one of my favorite things is sharing like pop culture things with my son. And like, again, this is, there are a lot deeper things sure. that I could talk about, but, and, and I may, but, but basically, but I love that part of it. I love watching um, his reaction to, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker or, you know, yeah. spoiler alert to, uh, to um, Darth Vader being Luke's dad, you know? I mean, right. I loved that. Those, like, moments are really, really cool. Um, and 
just these little moments that are like were my childhood and now I get to share them with him. I think that's super cool. But I, I also like for him and seeing where his tastes go. That's a right. really cool thing for me. Like seeing what, if he's super into, uh, you know, we watched, uh, we, we watched a new Scooby-Doo movie, Scoob, the other day. Right. And I did not think it was good. Um, right. He, okay. I, I thought it was like not, you know, they didn't even, they didn't even solve the mystery. And I just think it was not what I wanted, <laughs> but um, it was not good. But Tonio, he watches a lot. He loves like, uh, you know, he had watched a lot of the cartoons. So they do have a lot of like characters from the cartoons in there that kind of make appearances. And he thought that was so cool. So just watching the joy that he had watching that. And I'm not going to finish that movie and be like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. I'm going to say, what did you think of it? What did you like about it? Seeing his tastes like form. I mean, just sharing like, like he's my buddy, man. Like we have, uh, during this time, he has been, uh, you know, we've been really good about social distancing. We have a very big family, but yeah. we've even really social distanced from them. So we have gotten not that we weren't close, but we just basically have each other and my wife. Uh, but, you know, I'm running my office out of here and him and I'll ride our bikes to FedEx and those type of things. Just sharing those moments, sharing mo- like it's, I don't know. There's, it's just like, you can't put a finger on it, but it's, yeah. it, I think the, I think you nailed it though with the, with the word moments is sharing those moments uh, yeah. and not taking them for granted. Yeah, and it's so like, I know that's cliche to say, but it is true. That's my favorite part, you know, just being around him. And, you know, it's 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 hard, you know, parenting is hard and I don't, mm-hmm. it's definitely not bliss all the time. Like I get angry at him and he uh, he's getting to be a teenager. I mean, you have a teenager of your own, so you know, yeah. uh, he's, you know he's getting to be a preteen. So he, um, he... Yeah, I know those are like hard moments too, but I I wouldn't yeah. like trade it. It's amazing. Well, it's it's one of those things for me that um, like every stage of parenting has uncharted territory. Right. Uh, like when you when you when you bring a ba- when you bring your baby home for the first time from the hospital, you immediately entered uncharted territory for you. Yeah, crazy, right? You know, yeah. like I can't believe they let us take one of these things home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I walked and, down the stairs. Then, with him for the first time. And I remember, I, I'll never forget Suzette was downstairs and she's like, what are you doing down here with him? I'm like, well, he has to come downstairs eventually. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what, like, um, well, yeah. So, and, and, right? and the point is like, you just have to figure it out and we do the best we can. And do we get it wrong sometimes? Absolutely. We do. Oh, yeah. uh, but we're lucky you and I, especially that we have, um, amazing wives to lean on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what I kind of wanted to finish with is um, I know, I know Suzette, uh, your wife, because mm-hmm. we all went to the school uh, to Meadow Creek together. Just, just tell me we, a little bit about y- y- your relationship with Suzette, uh, yeah, how it's, it's blossomed over the years and how, you know, just the, the best parts about being a husband to, especially to Suzette. I am uh, the, I am a, a perfect example that you can get out of the friend zone. Uh, nice. I literally. Um, there is hope. <laughs> there is hope. So, you know, I, I'll never forget the first time I saw her in 10th grade. I was totally like taken back by her. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we became friends and I was just like, she's in, like, she's not, uh, especially back then. I mean, now, but she was definitely out of my league, but I was very, um, you know, I was like, Hey, we're going to be buddies. Like we ended up like being really good friends and we were friends all throughout high school, uh, all throughout college. You know, we knew each other's like, she, you know, we both went, both went to the same college. She had her boyfriends. I had my girlfriends and we knew them. Like they weren't, we didn't run in the same circles with those, but we sure. just knew of them. And, you know, one night, let's say one night we're going to go to Buckhead. I'd invite Suzette and she'd come out and I was with my girlfriend and we just a group of people or, or she might be there with her boyfriend. So we knew each other. And then I graduated college and we, I was writing for a, a paper because when I graduated, I, um, my degree is in journalism. So I, I, I worked for a Spanish English newspaper 
And so we were going to, I was covering an art show in Kennesaw. And I was like, hey, Suze, do you want to go with me? You know, we'd go to Braves games and stuff together. So we ended up going uh, to the, uh, we ended up going to this art show. And she says she remembers that her conversation on the way there, again, it was never like anything like you should date me or anything like that ever. It was just like, whatever happens, happens. And she says that she remembers thinking, wait a minute, why haven't Lino and I dated? And it ended up, um, it you know, it ended up like, working out from there so we've known each other since 1993 and married since 06 that's that's our journey she's um you know her family's from mexico her father's american her mom's from mexico we actually got married in mexico and uh-huh. it's been great she's an amazing like partner to have and we don't agree on everything but we find a lot of common ground um, that's important yeah and we're very, uh, you know, we both come from big families. You know, the other day we were just sitting on our back porch and it was like, we kind of just enjoy spending time with each other, which is. She's an absolute sweetheart. And I think uh, she balances you quite well. She, she does. She does. I think she's re- like, she's very quiet. I'm an insane, like, person who has to, like, be out and about and have a lot of friends and this and that. She's very calm relaxed mm-hmm. and just uh doesn't need all that so we have a good balance right. like yeah and um, that balance yeah, is important pa- and 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 i and i i don't know specifically if this applies to you but i always say about jill um like i always say that uh i absolutely married up you know yeah, I, I i think you so, talked so. about how she's out of your league uh jill is absolutely out of my league as uh, somebody said once uh sir you have outpunted your coverage Terms, yeah, it's, you know, that's never, I, I mean, look, man, I'll, I definitely agree. And I'm not saying I agree with that with you. Like I'm like, but yes, I, I do. I do. You know what I'm I saying? Do agree though, with yeah. that. No, I do agree yeah. with that with you, but with, yeah, don't like, don't take offense to that. But no, um, of but course I not. To. No, I have, to. I, uh, I have to. I, the, the, I, I, and I follow up that joke. I say, you know, I definitely <laughs> married up Jill, uh, Jill, could probably, Jill probably could have done a little better, but, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell, uh, I, always, I, I know that I sure as heck knows who that could have done better, but, but, yeah. but, you know, we have our winning personalities, right? We sure do. <laughs> we absolutely do. Well, Lino, dude, so. it has been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for doing this. And, um, you know, yeah, once, man. once we get baseball back, if we, if, and when we ever get baseball uh, back, I look forward to bumping into you at a game. It's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait. It's going to be beautiful. Well, dude, thanks again for your time, and uh, give my best to to Suzette Antonio, and uh, stay safe. Keep washing your hands, okay? I will, man. Tell the family. Give a big hug to your family on my part, okay? Will do. Hi, buddy. Hit the music. Catching Up with Aaron is produced and edited by me, Aaron Elliott, in association with Anchor. Subscribe to Catching Up with Aaron on Spotify or Pocket Casts and soon on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch up with you again soon.